Welcome. You're listening to the Camino Church Podcast. This is Lessons with Pastor Steve Sellers. Twice a week, our host will dive deep into Scripture, giving you a convenient way to stay in the Word of God. Whether you're driving to work in the morning or cooking dinner at night, we're glad you're here and we're glad you're listening. Let's get started. Hey folks, thanks for joining us for this first ever Camino Church Lessons Podcast. Hey, in this podcast, we're going to spend time walking through Scripture, kind of in an expository format. And what we mean by that is we're going to go verse by verse, and we're going to kind of dwell within the Scripture. It's going to be kind of like a journey that we take together. I hope it's one where it is insightful and it is enjoyable for you. And I hope it piques your interest as you read Scripture And I would encourage you to do that, to read it and to read it slowly. Don't let some of the words and some of the thoughts pass you by without considering them. Uh, Scripture is deep and it is wide and it has so much to to teach us. It's funny, anytime I open up Scripture, I learn something else. And that's because the Word is alive. Uh, What God has given us through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the hands of these human authors, uh, is, is just so vibrant that as we journey through it, we're only going to touch on a part of it. There's just so much to, to teach and to understand. So I hope it does pique your interest, and I hope you allow this living, powerful Word of God to speak into your faith and into your life circumstances. Uh, we'll also have some kind of periodic reflections on uh, what it means and what it means for us specifically. We'll, we'll do this and in what I'll call an incarnational nature. And by that, I mean we'll put ourselves inside the Scripture, take the place of those that Scripture is talking about, and see what it means for us. So that kind of tells us that our approach will be uh, looking at Scripture in its original context so that we can understand what the authors intended in the first place, but then drawing that forward And what does it mean for us today, and how can we apply it to our lives? So um, we'll also listen to some of the voices from ancient theologians, uh, what we call the church or the desert fathers. These were the writers that uh, were writing after the apostles. So they're some of the first writers, and they're writing at a time where this faith uh, and the church that goes with it is coalescing. So a lot of their thoughts are critical in, in how we interpret Scripture and how the church is formed. Uh, they are really giving us uh, those doctrinal foundations in our Christian faith. And they are going to be writing from what we call the patristic era. This is somewhere around the late 100s up to the 800s uh, when Christianity, again, is in the process of establishing itself. So, Whenever you join us for this podcast, please make sure you've got your Bible with us. You need to read along. Uh, I will generally use the New Revised Standard Version. Uh, It's just the one that works best for me, but I will study and prepare using multiple translations. Uh, All translations have uh, an approach, a theological approach or a literary approach that they use, and so it's helpful to read multiple translations as we study so that we can see some of the differences uh, that theologians have taken, and we can uh, kind of settle on what works best for us. Now, I encourage you to have a translation that works for you, that makes reading the Scripture and studying the Scripture enjoyable, um, and it's something that you look forward to. Uh, I would just encourage you to make sure at some point in time, uh, 
have yourself a study Bible, a good study Bible, so that you can get some of the background in the scripture that you're reading. Maybe bring a pen or a pencil to the table as we do this uh, uh, with some paper or not. Uh, I write all in my Bible, and if you could see it, it is literally uh, bound together by tape. Um, and it's not very pretty because it's a blue painter's tape, uh, but it does the trick uh, because I use the Bible so much and I've written in it so much, uh, it is beginning, beginning to come apart. So uh, hopefully that's a good thing uh, since I read it as much as I do. But I want you to be able to take notes if you want to, if you're in a position to do that, if you're not driving or somehow otherwise engaged, so that you can uh, begin to create your own commentary within your scripture so that when you read it again, it's there. So we're starting with uh, the epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And I guess one of the questions to ask is why do we start here? Uh, and what are epistles actually, since we're using that word? So let's talk a little bit about why we're starting with 1st John. Uh, these epistles are letters, and they are written to people who are in exile. Uh, they're written to a, a group of Christians who are not able to live in their homeland and they are, they are out, away, and they are separated, um, sometimes known in the Jewish world as the diaspora. And that's just a, a word that we use for when people are away and separated from home and each other. Uh, and they are also struggling with what their faith means to them. We'll talk about this in, in just a minute. But John is writing at a time where faith is still being understood, who Jesus was, uh, how he relates to God, what his teachings mean. We're not that far from the crucifixion, relatively speaking. And the writings of John, the writings of Peter and Paul and the other apostles and the other writers, they're so heavy in what they're teaching us because they're trying to, to develop what the theologies of this faith are, what all of the ologies, the belief in God, the belief in Christ, the belief in the Holy Spirit, the end times, uh, ethical beliefs. So these people who are exiled cannot necessarily all come together as a community to study the word. Uh, they can come together in small groups where they're exiled. And John is sending letters to them to teach and to train them uh, so that they can better understand their beliefs. Also, he's encouraging them because their journey is not always easy. This is a time where there is some persecution going on. Some of it is intentional by the government. It's state-sponsored, if you will. There's a lot of debate on how much of it was, but at least some of it probably was. For sure, Nero um, was one who later in his uh, emperor career uh, persecuted Christians, and there's a lot of writings about how, kind of how hard he was on those who believed. But there's, there's some ongoing community uh, persecution and isolation because there are a lot of pagans who are not believing in this new Christ, and there's Jews who aren't either because he is not their Messiah yet. Uh, and so uh, they are being encouraged by John. Uh, and so we chose this because that feels still so much like where we live. Uh, we are exiles. Uh, we do not live in our true home, which is eternally with God. So we're exiled in this fleshly world that is broken, and is in great need of repair, and that's up to us to do, and John will talk about that. Uh, so uh, it applies to us in that we are these exiles who are journeying, and that's what that word for exile means. It means you're a sojourner. You are traveling uh, in a foreign land, and that's what we still do today. Uh, 
We also still struggle with our faith. Uh, no matter where we live on this planet, uh, we all struggle with how to live out our faith with those around us. So John's going to speak towards that and towards what true faith is. Uh, and then we all need, always need to study our faith better to understand it, and we always need to be encouraged. So, gosh, it so fits uh, with us today as it did when it was written in the first century. Now, what are epistles? Well, epistle is just a kind of a, a, a fancy word that we use to describe a letter that is written to a specific audience. And for John, he is writing to a community of believers that know him. And we, we, we understand that because of some of the terminology that he uses. Uh, he doesn't directly address who they are and where they are, uh, but definitely there's a, there's a familiarity between him and his audience uh, and he fills what these letters with theology and instruction for this community of Christ followers who are still trying to understand this new faith. And, and we're going to call them Christians at times. We're going to call them believers. We may call them people of the way, but it's important to understand that at this point, the term Christian is, is not one that is prevalent uh, in society. Uh, it is actually not used a whole lot until you get to the mid-2nd century and beyond uh, and in, in many cases, it's used as a derogatory term uh, because Christian means uh, little Christ. And so it is used by those who don't believe to con kind of uh, belittle or demean those who do believe. And we have taken it uh, and we have made it into something good, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, so as we study this scripture and we listen to it, uh, we need to be aware of what John is trying to accomplish. Now, I keep talking about John writing, and, and when we get into this, we're going to find that the authorship does, does not get really stated in the letter itself. And that's true in a lot of letters in the New Testament. Uh, and, and John is a common name uh, in the first century. It is not unusual at all. Jesus, by the way, uh, was a common name in the first century. Uh, and so the question is, who's writing it and why? And so we come back to really some of the ancient writers to try to get a handle on this. And I go back to Polycarp and Papias. Polycarp is a writer and a theologian in the first century who is actually a disciple of John the Apostle. The John who is part of John and James, the sons of Zebedee, who we study about in the Gospels, who... Uh, John the Apostle, who is also called the Beloved Disciple in the Gospel of John. Well, Polycarp says he wrote this letter. Well, if Polycarp is a disciple of John and he's saying John wrote it, then I think that's pretty good testimony. Uh, Papias also says this in his early writings in the early 100s. Uh, Papias is, is a, um, a friend and probably a disciple of Polycarp. So you've got two generations that come directly from John the Apostle that say he is the writer. So for the purposes of this study, we're going with it's John. Uh, to add to that, there's a, a lot of commonality between the epistles of John and the gospel of John. Uh, use of language uh, and thematic uh, similarities abound in it. Uh, and so we seem to, to have a closeness of the writer between these two. For example... Uh, in the gospel and in the epistles, the writer makes a lot of use of the verb believe. 
And you'll see that going back and forth. However, the author makes almost no use of the word faith. As a matter of fact, you only will find the word faith in the Johannine writings uh, one time in 1 John. And when I say Johannine, I'm talking about things from John. And I may say that some more. The Johannine community would be those who followed uh, John. And those are some of the folks that he is writing to. Some of the major themes that overlap between the Gospel of John and the Epistles of John uh, are a discussion and an encouragement about uh, the full divinity and full humanity of Christ. And there's going to be a very specific reason he is talking about this, and we'll touch on that as we dig into the Scripture. Uh, there's also the theme of a close relationship between believing our faith and obeying how we live out our faith. So John is going to tie faith and doctrine into ethics. If you believe something, then you need to be living it out. If you don't live it out, he's going to say, then you clearly don't believe it. And so that's another common theme. And then the importance of love. Love is a marker of a true believer in the gospel of John and in the epistles of John. If you do not have love, then you do not truly believe, he says. So all of those themes you'll see in both of in all of these letters, uh, and they kind of lend us to understand that whoever wrote the Gospel of John also wrote the Epistles of John. And so we settle on John the Apostle, even though there are other Johns writing at, at that time. As far as a date goes, we go back to Polycarp and Papias, who, who both are writing about uh, 1 John. They're referencing it. They're reflecting on it around 100 A.D., so that would tell us that it's written before the end of the first century. Uh, I would estimate, based on uh, kind of that, what Polycarp and Papias have done with it, but also based on other, other theologians I have read, that it's probably around 90 A.D., no later than the 90s, because if they're writing on it, that means that it is out in the public for a while. And of course, these letters, unlike today, don't get sent out by email or text. They also don't get sent out by you know, the post office, if you will, the postal service. They are written down, and then they are delivered by a disciple of the writer, of the author. And they'll take it to a church or to a community. They'll read it to them in public. They will copy it down, and then they will take it to the next church, and they will kind of follow these routes where they keep doing that until they hit as many churches or communities as they can. So that takes time. So that's why I say, you know, no later than the 90s, probably closer to 90 uh, itself. Um, and that also fits in with church tradition and some of the biblical, uh, some of the writings outside of the Bible, extra biblical writings we call them, that say that John left, the apostle John left Jerusalem Somewhere around 67 A.D., as the Roman oppression was increasing in Jerusalem, of course, uh, in the Scripture we learn that the temple is destroyed in 70 A.D., and Jerusalem is ransacked in 70 A.D., and uh, a huge number of Jews who remained uh, are captured or killed, and a lot of Christians are, and they are all, the ones who live or survive or disperse, they're exiled, and so John is, is heading out of Jerusalem around 67, um, and he goes to Ephesus, we're told, by those writings, which would be modern-day western Turkey, which is probably where he wrote these letters. 
uh, out of Ephesus. He may have written them to believers in Ephesus, uh, and they may have been circulated again to a larger audience. So we're going to go with a date of around 90. Uh, we don't know for sure, and it's not really something to worry about debating, but that gives you kind of a general parameter. We've mentioned the audience a little bit. They're Johannine uh, community, they're believers of of Jesus Christ, but disciples, if you will, or followers of John as he uh, communicates and teaches uh, and evangelizes about uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, they are possibly in the Ephesus area, as we said, but we don't know because the letter doesn't say. And it doesn't really fully impact uh, how we read it as long as we understand they're in exile. That's really kind of the important piece of that. Uh, whether they're at Ephesus or not, it, it's okay. Um, and then um, when, when John's writing to them, I think it's important to note that he has concern about a certain group of people that we're getting ready to mention and, and talk about why, but he's not writing with any hate or animosity. It's, it's a very caring letter to the people, and it's an encouraging letter. So they're struggling as a community, but his response to that is, is, um, is not to, in essence, wag his finger at them uh, and put them in their place. It is to remind them of who they are and how they should live because of who they are. So we've kind of teased around it a little bit, but let's talk about why John is writing. What is the purpose? Uh, and the purpose is, is to address false teachings about Christianity. Not unusual during this first century time. Again, they're still trying to learn what this faith is. It is grown, grown out of Judaism. It is not a separate faith that all of a sudden Jesus said one day, hey, I'm Jesus the Christ and I have this new faith and we're going to call it Christianity. And Instead, Jesus is teaching and preaching and living the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Those original Jewish writings, the original commands and directives and the plan of God Jesus is fulfilling. And Jesus is always plan A in this. That's important for us as well. He's never plan B because the first plan didn't work. There is purpose in what God does uh, with the Jewish nation, the Israelites. Uh, and, and God knows it's not going to work because law does not save us. It only convicts us. Discussion for another day. But very true, it is only through faith. Law tells us that we are broken, that we are separated, that we are unholy, but it is grace and mercy. It is faith through Jesus Christ that draws us into salvation and allows us to become holy in the eyes of God, bringing us back together um, from that brokenness that's experienced in Genesis chapter 3. So a lot of these teachings are struggling with uh, and as this new form of Messianic Judaism, if you will, is coming to bear, people don't know exactly what to believe. And there are lots of, of teachings that are slightly different. You know, the, the biggest danger to faith is not a teaching that is totally opposite of what you believe. It's one that sounds similar but has something else in there that's not quite right because that's easy to follow. Right? It's that 1% rule that uh, if you believe 99% correctly and you're only 1% off, that can't be bad. Uh, and that may be true in a lot of things, uh, but when it comes to living out faith and, and other things in life, 1% can down the road lead to being 20% and 50% and 
and so forth off. And so John's writing to try to get them back to an understanding. And what we think is not clearly stated in the epistles of John, but because of how he writes and what he's writing about, we believe that he is writing against Gnosticism. Uh, Gnosticism comes from the Greek word gnosis, uh, which um, it means knowledge. And Gnosticism is kind of a mystic uh, or mystical religion uh, that is gaining some popularity in the first century. It becomes very prevalent in the middle of the second century, around 150, 160 AD. Uh, and Gnostics believe that the way to salvation is not through uh, faith in Jesus Christ, it's through a special knowledge about God that only certain people get. Um, and that's where this gnosis comes from, special knowledge of, of spiritual mysteries. Uh, so the Gnostics emphasize this personal knowledge over the orthodox teachings and traditions of the church, uh, and really to some degree Jesus Christ. Uh, they viewed uh, material existence, the flesh, as flawed and evil, but they also believe that it was separated from the spirit. And so the spirit and the flesh don't dwell together, which means you can do whatever you want to in the flesh, and it doesn't impact your, your spiritual life, uh, which we do not believe. And that's where John's going to get into this ethical living. you got to live what you believe kind of thing. Uh, they also uh, did not believe in the full humanity and the full divinity of Jesus Christ because flesh and spirit can't dwell together. They believed in what we call docetism. And docetism is that Jesus was not fully human. In essence, that when he began his ministry and was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him, which made him spiritual. That, that part of Jesus that is spiritual from God enters the body of this carpenter uh, right at that point. And it dwells within that throughout his ministry. But they also believe that then that spirit exits him when he's on the cross. And so the spirit never suffers and the spirit never is crucified. Well, that is not what we believe as Christians. We believe in the full humanity and the full divinity of Jesus in that he was given the spirit at birth, at conception actually. He is fully human, fully divine from the moment of conception in Mary through the Holy Spirit into and beyond the cross, and that you can't separate the two. That's what makes our God a very personal God that understands how we feel, but also understands uh, in a much greater way uh, where we need to go as, as believers. So that's the kind of stuff that John is going to be speaking about. Um, you can find these Gnostic writings out there, and, and you can read them if you'd like. I ask that you read them with uh, great caution because they may pull, uh, pull you away through offering syncretistic beliefs, uh, beliefs that don't fit in with Christianity, but they get combined. Uh, the Acts of Thomas, the Acts of John, Gospel of Mary, the Wisdom of Jesus Christ, all of these are Gnostic writings that are available. Uh, you can look them up through the Internet if you'd like, but uh, be a good student of Scripture first so that you don't get uh, taken aside by these particular beliefs. So as we get into John and we look at it, final thought on this kind of this first podcast is the genre. What is the literary genre of John? Uh, we've taught, called it an epistle, which is, a, again, a letter to a specific audience, and it seems to be. However, it does not follow all of the structure uh, of an epistle, uh, a Hellenistic epistle. And what we mean by Hellenistic is Greek-oriented. That was the letter-writing format of the day. 
specifically, 1 John uh, doesn't have the typical opening and closing. Uh, and so uh, it doesn't follow that same format, if you will. Uh, and because of the way it's written, it might even be considered a little bit of a sermon at times. So as you read it, hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll see that part. But the one thing I want you to consider as we close, and which is really neat, I think, is that John almost writes this letter as if it's a song. Uh, he has a main theme uh, in the letter, and you'll see the same thing in his other letters, uh, other epistles, is he's going to have a main theme. And he's going to write about his main theme, and the one for 1 John is ways that we, know, that we know we are abiding in Christ. That's his main theme. But then he's going to touch on uh, subordinate themes. He'll talk about walking in the light, and then he'll come back to the main theme. Then he'll talk about love, then he'll come back to the main theme. He's going to talk about rejecting uh, the world, broken, fleshly world. He'll come back to the main theme each time. So the way John writes, the theme, his main theme is almost like a song's chorus. And then each subpoint is like a different verse. So I hope you see that uh, as we go through John, and we'll try to touch on that some more as we, go, as we read through it and study through it. Uh, so we're going to stop right there for this time and hope that that has given you enough to whet your appetite to come back next time uh, where we uh, delve into the Word again. So until then, stay in the Word and let's keep this journey going. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Lessons with Pastor Steve Sellers. Check back soon on all podcasting platforms and on YouTube for the next available episode. This series is produced by Riley Moncrief for Camino Church. To learn more about our church, like us on Facebook at Camino Church or visit us online at CaminoChurch.com. We'll see you next time.